Meeting the fine Chetan with Aleph personal space, Arba Amot Shel Adam Konotlo. We're dealing here with the uh, something that is incredibly uh, current and relevant in the confusion that is emerging as a result of our having obliterated the barrier between Rishut HaYachid and Rishut HaRabim. The idea of a public domain and a private domain, which plays an important part in various different aspects of halakha. We know in Hilchot Shabbat it's an, an important area, but it's not only in Hilchot Shabbat. We'll see in Hilchot Kinyanim how important it is. There are many areas where the, the distinction between private domain and public domain is important. But the whole concept is rooted in the fact that there are two worlds in which we live. We live in our individual, personal, deep inner world, and we live in the in the outer world in which we operate, in which we interface and engage with other people and with the world around us. And while the public and the private domain, our public and private domain, need to be aligned, they're very different. And, and we need to live in both areas. We need to develop and evolve in both areas. And we do very, very little work about evolving our inner domain. We involve our outer domain. We go to school. We go to college, to university, to yeshiva. We go into business. We engage with people. That's all developing our, our, our public domain capacities. And we come better and better at being able to manage public domain. All that we do, all of our education, all of our interaction during the day is really, it takes place in the public domain. And that inner world of developing our neshamot, of developing our inner world, our character, our, our spirituality is something which we don't do well enough. And sometimes even when we learn Torah, we learn it in a public domain sort of way, in an outer sort of a way, rather than going deep and being able to take the time uh, to be able to learn to, to be able to learn in the inner domain, even something as wonderful as, as the Dafyomi movement, which we've spoken about so often, is really a public domain movement. It's about doing things together. It's about a worldwide movement. It's about being part of a, a, a community. It's public domain. You can't develop private domain work at the rate of a daf a day. That, that can't be done, which is part of the purpose of this exercise of our matmonim, is just to take some time every day and just go deep into, that, in, into the private domain area for in, in the Gemara that, we, that we're learning. And today is a, a great example of that. So this public domain and private domain it goes also to the, to the level of recognizing, as the Torah does, and the worlds of psychology have become more conscious of it more recently, that we have a private domain even when we're in public. And it's called personal space. And the, the importance of personal space. People will pay multiples uh, of, of cost for a first-class ticket on an airline instead of a, an economy class. And one of, when, when asked, one of the most important reasons people will give is the space. Uh, there's an invasion of personal space when you're sitting in a, on an airplane. And a lot of studies have been done about how people behave weirdly when their personal space is invaded. And to sit for a long time in an airplane where your, your personal space is invaded makes you feel very stressed and, and makes people act in ways and act out in ways that are, are very weird because that's what we do when our personal space is invaded. And that personal space is something that, that is even measurable. They've done work that shows that on instruments you can measure a person's energy. You know that if somebody comes close, you can have your eyes closed or not be looking in that direction. Somebody comes close up to you, you become aware of them. How do you become aware of them? It's not sound, it's not smell. What, what is it? What is there in awareness? And they can actually measure 
personal, the, the energy that a person can project and how far that goes. And you can detect and measure personal energy up to about six feet away from a person. Six feet is four amos. And four amos is the area that the Torah considers as personal space in Rishut HaRabim. That even if you're in Rishut HaRabim, you're in the public domain, the four amot around you, a circumference of four amot around you is considered a place where you Project your personal energy. Your personal energy can be detected, measured, and monitored in that area. And, and that has certain, certain implications. And I say the Torah recognizes that. As you're going to see, there's a massive discussion among the Rishonim. Is this the Torah? Or is this the Rabbonin? Where does this come from? And we'll see an amazing idea as we, as we get into this. It starts with our Mishnah on Dafayin Ches. We learned yesterday and, and, and the last little while about the importance of giving a get to the control of a woman. She needs control over her get. And that's the idea of an atan biyada, give it into her hand. And we said yad has two meanings. Yad can mean hand and yad can mean control. Uh, and, and that's what we, we, we have to give it under her, into her control. What happens if you put it in an area or you throw it into an area which is in, within her personal space? So she's in Rashut Rabim. She's standing in a, in a public domain area. And, but two are not away from her. You, you put three feet away from her, you put the get down there. Is that considered biyada? Is that considered under her control or not? Says our Mishnah, yes. If she was in Rishus Arabim and you threw it karov la mugureshet, if you've thrown it close to her, the get works, even though you haven't put it into her hand. Now we, we learn on the next Omud that, that one has to do it properly and give a get properly, but we're talking about the principle here. And the principle is that if a man put his get within for Amot of a woman, Rashi says, what well, the Gemara says, Dalad Amot, the, the, the Gemara says, Hechidami Karovla, what does close to her mean? How close does it have to be? Hechidami Karovla, and what about close to him? Omarav Arba Amot Shela Zehu Karovla. If it's within four Amot, within six feet of her, that's called near to her. And the get works even though it's not in her hand and it's not in her chatzer, it's not in her yard and it's not in her property and it's not on her clothing. It's on the floor, it's on the ground in Achuza Street, it's on the ground in Rechov Yafo, it's in, in Dizengoff Square, in Times Square. It's on the ground, but it's within Arba Amot of her, the get works. Why? Explains Rashi, because we have a Gemara in Shnayim Moksin, in Bovim Etzir, where Rish Laki says in the name of Abba Kohen Bardala, Arba Amot Shel Adam Konot Lo Bechol Makom. The four Amot closest to a person can achieve Kinyan, they can acquire for him in, in every instance. My time at Hakinu Rabbonin. Why did the Rabbonin institute this? So here we see this idea of that you have a four amot personal space in Rishut Rabim is a takanad Rabbonin. Deloatilin suyas that people won't make arguments. This is mine and this belongs to me. So we've defined the territory. If you're standing, somebody lost a, 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 an item which is hefke. It's something which which is not recognizable uh, and and it's. In Rishut HaRabim, and two people are about to pick it up. The one who's within Arba Amot, it, it belongs to that person, so that people don't get into arguments. That's why the Rabbonin instituted it. Says the run in our Gemara, the run on the Rif, 
asks the Ran, so how can this work for a get? If the Rabbonin were metake in it, how can it work for a get? All the Rishonim asked this question. A get is Doraita. So what are we going to say? Well, the Rabbonin said it's okay. Yeah, but does that mean this woman can now remarry? A, a get was put down in, in, in Times Square, two feet away from her, on the ground, and she walked away. She didn't pick it up. And now she wants to get remarried. She goes back to Times Square to look for a get, no sign of it. She comes to the Beisdin, she wants to get married, she can't even find her ex-husband. He's nowhere to be found. The Beisdin says, it's fine, as long as we know for sure the get was, was written and put there, you're divorced. How can that be, asks the run. And answers the run amazingly. Since the Rabbonin said, this is like hers, They've made this as if it's her yard. That's how far this private domain area in Rishut HaRabim goes, the four Amot that surround you. It's as if it's your chatzer, it's as if it's your yard. And the Rabbonin have the right to change ownership. They can take property away from one person and they can give it to another person. The rabbis have that power. It's called Hefke based in Hefke. And since they, what the Rabbonin did, did is they, they took the public property away from the public. That, that part of public property, and they temporarily gave it to the person standing there. It belongs to him, so to say. Uh, now that it's his chatzah, that's what the Rabbonin did. But once the Rabbonin have done that, and they ha- the Torah gives them the power to do that, once they've done that, now putting the get in that area, which is now defined as a is a get to a writer, the same as it would be, a get from the Torah, same as it would be if you threw it into her yard. That's the, how the Ran understands this. The Balamor in Shabbos, I mean, we've talked about the Balamor, 12th century Provence, uh, overlays the halachic minimalistic style of the Rif with the analytical Tosfetist style of the European Messiah. So the Rif from North Africa and Spain writes his wonderful Sefer, the, the, the Alokas of the Rif, very, very brief, just summarizing the Gemara. And the Balamor applies the European Tosfus analytical approach to the Rif and writes the Sefer Bal HaMaor. And in Shab, in Masech, the Shabbos, the, the Bal HaMaor says, He's looking at why is carrying for four Amot in the, in the Shut HaRabim an Isudor writer. And the Gemara says there in Shabbos, it's Gemiri, it's Halacha Lomashim Bisina, Hashem taught Moshe on Sina. We don't have a source for it in the Torah. So if you carry something for four amot in Times Square on Shabbos, and there isn't an Eruv, there can't be an Eruv, in fact, then, then that is an Isidoraisa. Why? Says the, an amazing thing, says the Balamor, We know that the four amot around you are like your yard. They're like your private, your private territory. And so if you take something outside of those four amot that are defined, bezorek, you threw it, or b'mavir, or you carried it, k'motzi mirishut ha-yachid, mirishut ha-rabim dami. It's as if you're taking it out of rishut ha-yachid and bring it into rishut ha-rabim. So you're crossing that boundary between private domain and public domain. And that's an isodoraisa, chiv skila, as a result of that. That's what the Baal Amor says, which is very, very strange and, and, and difficult to understand. Rebavil Orenstein was a young man in South Africa when I was a young, a young boy. 
Uh, he was studying to be an actuary, and he became an actuary. And he used to come and learn Gomorrah with my father. And my father used to talk about how this, this young man has the mind of a, of a genius. My parents then arranged for a shidduch with him with rebellious granddaughter, Leah Orenstein, and sent him off to, to Eretz Yisrael, where he sat in Mir Yeshiva until almost his entire life. He's still alive and lives in, in Telstone today. And in Miri, learned initially with Reb Nochum, who regarded him also as just one of the greatest minds that, that modern Miri Yeshiva has, has produced. Very quiet person, nobody knows about him. And he sat and he wrote a Sefer. And just to understand who he is, he, he went through a difficult... His wife supported him. His wife was a maths teacher, a maths professor, uh, Leah Orenstein, rebellious granddaughter. And she supported him so that he could keep learning. And there was a time where it was terribly difficult for them financially. And he said, if I go and work as an actuary for a few days a year, I'll have enough to, is that right? I'll have enough to be able to live. We can, that's all I have to do. I go and work for a few days a year and you don't have to worry about supporting us. We've got many children. I can take care of this. And she said, do you think I've made the sacrifices that I have so that you should spend a few days being an actuary? Absolutely not. You, you sit and you learn Torah, we'll figure out some other, I'll take this on, we'll figure out some other way to do it. He ended up being responsible for parts of the translation of the Mishnah Brewer into English, a very brilliant translation. The translation, his section of it, he didn't do all of it, but his section is so accurate in the English, you can be medayic from the words, you can extrapolate from his choice of words. From the English, you don't even have to use the Hebrew. Every word is so carefully chosen. He thinks like a Rishon. He thinks he's just an amazing mind. Um, and he spent his life writing a sefer called Neir Lama'or on the Baal Hamor. I think he's just finished Shas, going through every, every part of it. That, that's what uh, um, Rebbe Orenstein does, or has done. That's been his contribution, or one of them. And he explains this Baal Hamor. And it's worth actually understanding and trying to learn as much of this as, as we can and then extrapolating it for, for our actionable insights. And he says, because what the Baal Amor is explaining on the second side of the short source sheets, um, this idea that carrying four Amot in Rishut Arabim was taught to us on by Moshe and Sinai, and the Rishonim have written, um, you can't say it's an Av because then there would be 41 Av can't be one of the main malachot. We know there are only 40, and this isn't one of them. Um, and it can't be uh, not even a tolda, because then there wouldn't be a chi of misa, there wouldn't be a capital punishment for it. So it can't be, it, it's not an av malachot, so and it can't not be a tolda. It can't be something, some halachal moshimisina that is neither an av nor a tolda. It's just a din halachal moshimisina. It also can't be. So it has to be a tolda. Uh, so if it's a tolva, tolda, why is it that, um, that, that we say that it's, uh, it's learned from, from Moshe and Sinai? If it's a tolda, then it's a tolda. And furthermore, he says, on the, on the Baal Hamor that we've just learned, The, the Baal Hamor wants to learn from the fact that four Amot can work for Kenyan, therefore... It's a, there's an Isidoraisa if you carry four Amot in Rishut Arabim. So this is a big difference between Kenya and Kenya. We've got Hefker based in Kenya. Hefker, it works. It even works for Geta. I understand why it does that. 
But how can this work of But when it comes to Hilchus Shabbos, we're told this is from Moshe. This is not because it's treated like Arba Amot. And you see from that, when the Gemara says, Gemara Gemiri, this was taught to Moshe on Sinai, that tells you that this law applied before the Rabbonin said, a man's four Amot is treated like his Chatzir. Before that, Takana, this is from Moshe Misinai. So this is got nothing to do with that Takana. What is the Balamor saying? What is he connecting? The laws of Shabbat, of carrying four Amot in Rishut Arabim with the laws of Chesh and Mishbet, that within four Amot you can acquire something which exists there. And here comes the important part, second, second column, Venera Lefaresh. The fact, even though we've seen, the Gemara says that they instituted four Amot because of people shouldn't come to argue with each other, but the fact that a man owns personal space in Rishut Rabim is a principle of the Torah. It's part of reality. This is not a Takana de Rabbonin. When you're standing, no matter where you're standing, whether you're in Times Square or you're in your bedroom, you have an area for Amot around you, which is personal space. This is a person's space. Which he has to own when he's in Rishut HaRabim. And then he goes on to explain to me, This is not your own Chatzir because it's temporary. As you walk, it moves. And you don't have complete rights and ownership over it. So it's not fully like a chatzer. For that, we need the halacha, the Moshe Misinai, to teach us that we do treat it as a chatzer for purposes of Kenyan. But the fact that you have the personal space, says the Balamor, as Rebavil explains it, is that's midoraisa, that's a reality, that's part of life, that's part of the world, that you own personal space even when you're in, in Rishut Rabim. And that's what the, the Balamor means when he says, that, that that's the essence of the law of, of uh, not being able to carry for four amot uh, within Rishut Rabim. And then he goes on to say that it's in fact because the Chachomim said that, it, that you can acquire in that area, that shows you how strong the area of personal space is in Rishut, in Rishut Rabim. So what, what we need to understand from there, this is just an unbelievable discovery, that the idea of personal space in Rishut Rabim is a Doraisa, which means it's built into the Bria. That's how the Rebbeinu Shalom created the world, uh, that, that we have this personal space. And this is something I'm going to ask you to practice, to try and do. That means when you're walking in Achuza Street or Rechov Yafo or Times Square, to be conscious of the fact that the four amot around you is sealed. It's a sealed space. What does a reshut mean? Reb Shul said after, last, after yesterday's shir, the idea of reshut is that even though the whole world belongs to Hashem, Hashem gives us reshut, gives us permission to own that territory. That's even more relevant here in Rashut Arabi. You have reshut, although this is public property, you have reshut, you have permission to control it. What does control mean? How do you control a space? You control a space by being in, in control of who comes in and who stays out. That's what Rishu Sayachid means. I've got a house. I don't have to let everybody in. I control who comes in and who stays out. That's Rishu Sayachid. That, that's what it means. That's what private domain means. And today we've become such a, into such a situation where we have no control over who comes in. 
our, t- our TVs, our computer screens, our cell phones. Bring everybody into our private domain. We've lost control who comes into our private domain. And that's undermining our personalities and our characters, and we're seeing the results of that. Not just with young people, with us as well, we're seeing it all over. We're seeing it every single day. That, that, that the damage that is caused by the loss of personal space personal private space. But I want you to practice when you're in Shutter Rabim to be able to say to yourself, the four amot around me, I control. I decide what influences come into that space and what don't. I decide the value system in that space. In my space, and you picture yourself in an imaginary bubble, in this space, I am me. I don't have to adopt the norms of the people around me. In this space, yes, when I engage with people, I've got to engage with them as in Rishut Rabim. But in my personal space, I am me and I live my values. And I don't let those influences into the space. I don't allow those influences into that space. I have the capacity that Torah designed, that Hashem designed the world in such a way as the Torah says that this space is mine. I control it. And I control the influences that are in the space. And I ask you to practice it, to try it and start today. Take yourself into a place in Rishut Arabim and feel, get a sense uh, an experience of this bubble around you of four amot, which is a space that your energy occupies and in which you can be yourself where you don't have to be what everybody else is and to understand that boundary and at the same time to respect the boundaries of other people, to realize when you're encroaching on somebody else's space, when you're getting too close to somebody, when you're not giving them the space to be able to feel that they're in control of their own space. That's another area we've become insensitive, not only to our own personal space, but to the fact that the people around us also have personal space. And we have to respect and, and make the space for them to occupy the space that is, that is theirs. This is such an important idea, which one can develop on and on and on, the idea of Rishut HaYachid and Rishut Rabim, the personal space and the public space, and the importance in order to develop one's own inner being, to, be, to live in one's private space, certainly when one's in one's home, and as even when one's in the public domain, to be able to live in one's private space as well as engage with the world in the public space.